Welcome to the Good Fight Radio Show, a program dedicated to bringing you vital and uncompromised truths that you won't hear in the mainstream media, discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how these issues relate to family, culture, and the church. The heart of this show is to glorify Jesus Christ and expose the works of darkness as he is commanded in Ephesians 5.11. Now here's your host, Good Fight Ministries' own Chad Davidson. Have you ever been scrolling through Twitter and see some viral tweet that's being shared and liked and so forth coming against the Christian faith and thought to yourself, I would love to examine that tweet and point out all the fallacies in it. Well, that's exactly what Tim Barnett of Stand to Reason Ministries has been doing with Red Pen Logic with Mr. B. And so we sat down with Tim Barnett to not only look at some of the tweets he's already examined, but talk about the edifice of this ministry, the edifice of him getting into ministry. And Tim, he himself is an educator. He's been a teacher since 2008. He has a degree in physics from York University, as well as a degree in education from Ontario Institute of Technology. And he now has a master's in philosophy from Southern Evangelical Seminary. So Tim was an awesome guest, and I can't wait for you guys to hear not only how he got started, but how exactly he examines these really bad tweets with bad thinking and brings them captive to the obedience of Christ and give them good thinking. And I'm so excited to have him on the show. I'll give you a little bit of background on the first time I've heard about him, but I just want to welcome Tim Barnett to the Good Fight Radio Show. Hey, Chad, thanks for having me. Well, you know what? As I said, I'm excited. And the first time I had ever heard of Tim was because a young man that I was discipling back, I believe his sophomore year of high school, now he's in his sophomore year of college, had hit me up and said, hey, there's this guy speaking at a church here in the Valley. We're in Simi Valley, California. I know Tim's up there in, in Canada. But he said, hey, he's speaking at this church. Do you know anything about him? And I looked up and I said, well, stand to reason, you know, Greg Kokel, those guys are legit there. I was like, I, I'm sure it's really good. And then the kid I was discipling was texting me, man, this is awesome. You got to hear this. And then I listened to a few of your teachings that you were doing as well, specifically on atheism. And from my background, coming out of atheism, uh, agnosticism, whatever you want to call it, and coming to faith, I thought, wow, this is just awesome. And then when you came out with Red Pen Logic, a number of the guys in my discipleship group, we were sharing it back and forth. We're like, wow, this is really good. You make it really fun. And I think it probably has to do a little bit with your teaching background and, and so forth. Mm. But before we get in, into any of that, I really want to hear just your testimony, how you came to know Christ, and then what gave your heart and mind this, I guess you would say, passion to share the gospel of Jesus Christ in the way that you do. Yeah, that's a, that's a good place to start. Um, I actually grew up in uh, the church in a Christian home, um, but it was, uh, I, I actually didn't take my my faith very seriously. Um, m I would say that my faith was, uh, you know, an inch deep and a mile wide, that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, we did the church um, group meetings every Friday night. We did Sunday school, did the camp things in the summer, but it was kind of like, that's just what we did. It was very cultural. Um, my, you know, my mom was a part of pretty much everything at the church. We were part of a very small church. So, um, she was involved in everything. So was my dad. And, uh, and so that was just the culture. 
And um, it wasn't until I graduated high school and went to university where I began to be um, challenged, asked about um, my faith. And uh, it, I mean, this was a wake up call for me uh, because I had friends now in university that were Muslim and atheists and Jewish. Um, I mean, here in Canada, it's kind of very uh, religiously diverse, culturally diverse. And I just went to a, a public secular um, university studying physics. And these were smart people. And uh, they took their convictions seriously. And here I am, uh, you know, still going to church, but not being able to answer basic questions that they had. And I just remember feeling embarrassed that I couldn't, that I couldn't answer really. I mean, now when I look back, they were just like the basics of the faith. And so what I did was I would go home and, and Google, okay, look up things that I should have known, you know, but I didn't. And so like, what is, what is the Trinity? You know, uh, how can Jesus be God and man? What's up with that? And what about science and faith? Like here I am studying physics and, and yet, and, and my friends are asking, and yet you're a Christian. How does that work? Um, and so I would go home and I, I found people like Richard Dawkins on the other side, the atheist, but I also discovered people like Greg Kokel from Stand to Reason, um, and William Lane Craig from Reasonable Faith, and, and on and on, uh, a number of different apologists that have had a, had a huge impact on me. And so what I would do is I'd go back, I kind of had that, the teacher kind of in me at that point, I was going to go off and go to teacher's college, become a, a high school teacher. And so I would come back and teach my friends these different uh, Christian truths. And, um, and I just discovered, man, there is this rich, deep intellectual uh, history behind Christianity. There's good evidence and reasons to be a Christian. So up until this point, I didn't know any of that. I just believed, frankly, because my parents believed, you know, because of the house I was raised in. That's why I held those beliefs. And then I discovered, no, wait a second, there are good reasons to believe this is true. And, uh, and shared that with friends. And it just, I mean, I kind of loved, I fell in love with sharing the gospel and defending the gospel. And it was uh, something that, since that point, I mean, I've just continued doing it. So whether it was sharing the gospel and defending the gospel with friends at university or taking that material, and this is what happened, I put it together into talks like a teacher would or, or what we might call sermons. And then I, you know, started talking to churches. Hey, could I, you know, my own church, can I, can I, deli can I give this material maybe in a Sunday school class? And eventually, uh, eventually my church hired me um, because they appreciated all the work I was doing and, and that kind of thing. So um, that's, that's how I kind of discovered this world of apologetics. I, I really didn't know about it until I was in my 20s, which, I mean, I'm just kicking myself. And that's why I've got three little girls at home here. And uh, I'm teaching them very, very early. My seven-year-old can refute, refute relativism. Um, my nine-year-old knows arguments for God's existence. Those are things that, I, I mean, I just didn't know those when I was their age. Um, and so uh, we're having a lot of fun here, kind of training up, just like I train up high school students, just like I train up adults at churches, I'm training up my own kids. Amen. And man, it is, a, it is a lot harder to teach apologetics 
to a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old than it is to teach it to a 39-year-old, okay? And so you're, and this is actually helping me with what we're gonna talk about with Red Pen Logic. We wanna communicate these truths as clearly as possible. And it helps when I'm having discussions with my, you know, seven-year-old about this stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I have, uh, I have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. So I, wow. I know all too well that they, a lot of times, ask the best questions. Mm -hmm. And one of the cool things was, and I was going to ask this later, but I had went through your Facebook page, not only Red Pen Logic, but also Tim Barnett's Facebook page. You guys can check both those out. We'll put links in the description. But your daughter, not only you said that she can refute these things, she's actually done this on video a couple times. Yeah. So, I mean, my girls, they, they love uh, telling people what I do for a living. Um, and so, you know, they think I just have this Im really important job. And I mean, I, it is an important job, but I mean, they love telling people, you know, uh, their friends, dad might be a police officer. Well, my dad shares the gospel with people <laughs> and he, and I mean, they just, they just, I mean, it makes me so happy and proud that they like what I do and they want to do what I do. Um, and so my, my seven year old recently, she said, dad, I want to do pink pen logic. <laughs> and so um, actually just two weeks ago, I she asked me if I would turn on the video equipment we got here. You know, it's not a sophisticated setup, really. It's just, you know, the webcam and a mic. And I turned it on for her and you can watch. My wife and I are just having like coffees at the dinner table. And she did this, she recorded this video on who made God all by herself. Okay. Now it was longer. It was like, it was like five or six minutes and I went and chopped it down to about 60 seconds and we did a little editing there and I posted it. And the thing had like 11,000, 12,000 views on Facebook. I could not believe it. And my daughter was so excited that, you know, reading the comments, people just thinking how cute she is and, and liking the information. So she's like, can we make another one? Okay. Okay. Well, and then, so we, I, I said, not right away. Let's wait a, a week. So this past week we record another one on uh, answering the challenge. There is no truth. So this relativistic claim. And again, she recorded it. Um, there was a little more help from me. I'm kind of staying off to the side and uh, trying to coach her along a little bit, but I mean, most of it is just, it's her. And, uh, it, I mean, she just, she's just having a ball and, uh, and so we're, we're really proud of her. Absolutely nothing better than that. I mean, yeah. it was pretty cool because you see a seven-year-old absolutely demolish basically the marquee argument in uh, Richard Dawkins, The God Delusion. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I yeah. just thought it was, I thought it was amazing. And, you know, as somebody with little children, I have, you know, two daughters, two and two sons. Uh, you know, it's a blessing to me to see people, like you said, it's so awesome when you're, when your children see you sharing the gospel and they see you sharing with people the truth of what God's word says and who he is, and then yeah. them looking up to that. And I think that's how it should be. I was just talking with my wife about, you know, I, I always want for fathers and stuff, and I've, I've worked with people that are on drugs and their kids see that and recognize that. And, uh, you know, I'm always like, man, I always want uh, a father to have a chance to be their, you know, their daughter's hero. You know, ultimately we want mm -hmm. Jesus to be their hero. But they want. I want their parents to be a superhero to them, you know. So okay. doing it with the gospel, there's nothing more important. So just awesome. Let me, so, let me add this oh, yeah. too, and and you'll know this, Chad, um, as as both a father and a youth pastor, we need to set the bar higher 
for our young people. Amen. Because when we do, they'll jump for it. You know, people often talk about, well, for young people, we got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. <laughs> well, frankly, I don't like that illustration because some cookies can't go on the bottom shelf, right? And it's really a lowering of expectations. I want to hire my expectations. I want to throw the ball just out of reach so my kids jump for it, right? And what we see is they can do amazing things. I mean, you're right. Answering the who made God question, the central argument of Richard Dawkins' book, The God Delusion. And yet my seven-year-old did that all by herself. I mean, just, it is, it's amazing. And so I want this to be a challenge to any parents listening, any youth pastors listening. Let's set the bar even higher for our young people. Let's challenge them with some of the best arguments and the best counter arguments, the best information um, out there in regards to Christianity, Christian theology, and Christian ethics. No, I, I, I could not give a heartier amen to that. And it's actually interesting because the way I, I became a youth pastor was kind of a roundabout way. And it's something that I know you've talked about. And once again, we'll put this link in the description. You d sat down with Elisa Childers and you talked to her mm -hmm. about how you play the atheist when you come in and you give all their arguments and then you answer them. And I think that's so amazing because the first time I ever taught a youth group was because I was coming in from the atheistic perspective and then I was going to be answered by somebody who had answers and one of the things that has always bothered me when it comes to youth groups and all this, a lot of times I've gone to youth groups, I've gone to different messages and so forth all over the place, and you hear this message and it's really like a softball. It's very, very simplistic. And I'm like, guys, you can get into doctrine. You can get into arguments. You know what? They're studying algebra and trigonometry on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they come to your Bible study and you're like, well, we just want to teach the same gospel message over and over again to get in their heads. And it's like, hey, we can get a little tougher. We can make this a little <laughs> a little harder for them. And that's one of the reasons I I love Red Pen Logic. And guys, we're, we are speaking right now with Tim Barnett. And if you haven't yet, while you're going on this, Keep the video up so you can watch it or listen to it. If you're on Spotify, you can leave, you can go and search on YouTube Red Pen Logic because he's going to answer a lot of those arguments and he does it so succinctly and he keeps it really fun. And we're going to get into talking about that more, but I wanted to say that right now to go check it out and subscribe to his channel because I've been encouraged by these things because there's a lot of studying that goes in and so forth. We're going to talk about that, but before we do... I want to just go back a little bit. So you, you gave us your sure. testimony. You shared with us how, you know, you kind of had, like you said, a very shallow faith. And then, wait a second, I got to have answers to this. Then you got those answers. You start sharing at your church. I think that's so awesome. And then in 2015, you come alongside with Greg Kokel, the author of Tactics, and you become part of their ministry team, going yeah. out there and sharing. How did that come about? And what's that been like being on the team there? Yeah, this is an example of just God's faithfulness. Um, I taught in the, 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 the private school system and then the public school system between 2008 and then uh, close to 2000, mm, I want to say 13, something like that. I end up leaving full-time teaching to pursue my master's degree because I knew, man, I want to do this apologetics thing for a living if possible. So I'm going to trust, I'm going to leave a very good job teaching full-time here in Canada, and I'm going to go back to seminary, essentially, and get a master's degree in philosophy. 
just trusting God. I want you to use me. I want to bloom where I'm planted. So I'll just, I'll, I mean, I don't have to be famous or anything. I just want to teach if it's my local church, if it's the churches in my neighborhood, whatever it may be, if it's just my neighbor down the street, God make a way. And um, so I started doing that. And frankly, I mean, I was a little disappointed um, at first because I sent out emails to all the churches within like, you know, a hundred kilometers from here, I don't know, 60 miles from here, <laughs> just thinking, look at, Hey, I, uh, what churches will, will allow me to speak on apologetics? Well, I got one response and that one response, we ended up going out for coffee and he tried to talk me out of doing apologetics. So apologetics doesn't really have a, a you know, has a bad rap, I think. And, uh, and so, um, that was going to be a problem. Well, eventually, you know, a church gave me an opportunity and then, you know, just word of mouth, it, it started to, to spread a little bit that there's this apologist who could teach on this stuff. Eventually, I got an offer to speak at the uh, ACSI, which is the Association of Christian Schools um, International, which is a, a Christian school organization body. And I was going to be training teachers. It turns out uh, the keynote speaker at this conference was Sean McDowell. Mm -hmm. Now, those who are familiar with apologetics would be familiar with the McDowell name. Josh McDowell, he's like the grandfather, you know, of, of the kind of the contemporary apologetics movement. Um, Josh McDowell has, has a son named Sean, who's just an, an excellent apologist in his own right. And he was there. And I went up to him and said, Sean, I want to do what you do. And I'm going to be doing some sessions here, breakout sessions. You mind, um, you know, checking checking them out and and giving me some advice. Well, he was able to come to one session, and afterwards he said, "Tim, let's go out for dinner after the conference." So we did, and uh, man, we just had such a great time together. Um, it was like we were old friends. Like it, we just really hit it off. And when when he left uh, that evening, he said, "Look at Tim, I want to help you." What he did was he went back to California and he told Stan to reason about me and they invited me to come speak for them at one of their youth conferences. And it was kind of, it turns out it was like a job interview. Um, <laughs> and my talk was on the fine tuning of the universe, kind of in my wheelhouse with uh, physics and um, astronomy. And uh, it, it went really well. And so a few months later, we were talking about how I would work at Stan to reason. So here's an example of where, Man, taking a, a, a step of faith, trusting God, God, I don't know how you're going to use me in this uh, area of apologetics, but I'm willing to serve in any way that I can. And, and little did I know that God was orchestrating all this stuff that was going to happen. You know, I just happened to be at this conference with Sean McDowell and, and all these things uh, came about from that. So it's just, it, I'm, it's just amazing. I feel like um, God has has blessed me far beyond I deserve and can even imagine, and uh, and I'm just so thankful to God and grateful for the opportunity. Amen to that. And I think that's such a great encouragement for anyone out there. Maybe you're somebody like, hey, you're thinking I'd love to be an, an apologist, and you're like, well, what do I do? And it's whatever yeah. you have at your hands, do with all your might. And and if you're faithful with little, I believe you will also be faithful with much, as the scriptures say. And I, I think that Tim Barnett is, is a great example of somebody who is faithful, and God has continued to use him in a powerful way. So if you have not yet subscribed to Red Pen Logic, and also Tim Barnett, you have a, a YouTube channel of your own as well uh, on YouTube, and subscribe to both of those things. Follow him on Facebook, 
Twitter and all of these things because I think it's it's really great to see someone with a heart to share the truth with people, with a heart to share a truth that they can understand as well. And I think a lot of your your teaching background really does help in terms of, and not to mention, you know, the degree you have in physics and so forth. It really does help in your explanatory role in the way of explaining these things very simplistically to get us back to thinking good, right? I, I good thinking as you talk about on red yeah. pen logic. And we're gonna be talking about that now. I wanna I wanna ask about this. How on earth, and and I absolutely love this, and and we're going to be pulling up, of course, some screenshots and so forth for you guys to see some of the stuff that, that Tim's been doing, some of the work he's been doing with Red Pen Logic, but I just want to know, what is it, and really, how did it get started? Yeah, so this is a really, I mean, again, it's just God using something, you know, blooming where you're planted. Uh, a couple of years ago, it was actually two years ago uh, this summer, 2019, I'm just scrolling through uh, Twitter and uh, I'm scrolling through and you know what it's like to, and you see these different tweets and uh, I mean, you get, it gets frustrating because there's a lot of nonsense out there. Okay. <laughs> and so it just so happens that I got to this one tweet and it was from a uh, famous actress, comedian, uh, Heather Ann Campbell. And she's, uh, she used to be on whose line is it anyway? And she had tweeted, about um, kind of a pro-choice argument, okay? And the argument kind of went like this. Uh, in fact, I, I got it here. Sperm has DNA. DNA is when life begins. Therefore, every sperm is a potential human being. So she says, therefore, and it's kind of crude, but no more masturbation, gentlemen, you know? And so she's kind of making an argument like, look it, um, if abortion is, is killing if it's murder, if it's a felony, well, so should like masturbation should be like mass murder. And when I saw this, I thought, man, this is so silly. Okay. This is, this is bad thinking. And uh, I thought, and then I looked at the number of likes. Okay. I thought surely no one thinks this is good. But the reason it was in front of me was because Twitter was promoting it because it had 170,000 likes. Wow. 170,000 people read that tweet and thought, wow, this is brilliant stuff. I'm going to like it. And I just, I mean, okay. And so, so again, my background is a, I used to be a full-time teacher and as a teacher, um, part of the job, which by the way, every teacher, you ask them the, what they love about their job. None of them are going to say grading. Okay. That's like the worst part. People go into <laughs> teaching. They want to stand in front of the class and teach, not, not get piles and stacks of tests to mark and essays to grade and all this other stuff. Okay. But that's part of the gig. And I learned kind of early on that, you know what, this is a really important aspect of the job because um, what I have the opportunity to do is when my student makes a mistake, I can come along and kind of the red pen is what teachers traditionally use. Mm -hmm. I can correct the mistake. And so we correct, not because we're trying to condemn the person where it's because we care about the person. And so um, I, when I'm, I'm looking at this tweet and I thought, you know what? I would love as a teacher to just get a red pen out and just 
mark this up and show people not necessarily for Heather Ann Campbell's benefit, because typically when you, you know, they're going to maybe take offense, it may come across as condescending or whatever. And that's, that's part of the liability. We can talk about this a, a little bit later. I mean, there is a liability to doing this particular style of apologetics, but I thought, man, for the benefit of all the people reading it, wouldn't it be great if, you know, there was a couple arrows drawn here and a couple comments that just said, look it, there are, there's a flaw here, like a fundamental flaw. And I want, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's like, oh, that's the problem with this. So lots of people read it and they think, wow, this is clever. This is really good. Man, I bet those pro-lifers haven't thought of this one. And of course, the, the fundamental flaw, and we're not going to dissect this one right now, but the fundamental flaw is that uh, the origin of life, the beginning of life isn't just, isn't just DNA, but it's a certain, it's, it's the coming together. It's the fertilization of, of, of egg and sperm coming together, forming a new distinct individual, a new being. Okay. That wasn't there when you just had sperm or just had egg. So the, the sperm cell isn't a human being. It's just a sperm cell. It is a body cell that a male has, okay? Um, but the, the zygote or the embryo is a completely distinct human being. It's a new DNA system, okay? That's not in the mother and not in the father. Uh, and so there's, it's clear there's a flaw here. So, you know, masturbation is not genocide. It's not killing a whole bunch of human beings, this is the problem with the argument. I mean, and so there's other issues with it too that I, you know, marked up, but this is the main idea. And so what I did was I thought of the idea and then I just did it and, and I posted it and it did, I mean, it was being shared like crazy. And I thought, man, people are hungry for responses to learn. And it's like, and people messaged me saying, I didn't know how to respond to this. Now I do. And I mean, that's the whole point of what we're doing. So, um, so that's how it started. And then it got put on hold. It was, you know, it, it had an aggressive feel to it early on. I would put a grade, I'd put like D minus, you know, <laughs> um, and have a little bit of a snarky attitude. And this is something I have to work on because my love language is sarcasm. Okay. <laughs> and, um, so when I'm dealing with some of these ideas, I, I get, you know, you get, frustrated and you say things that maybe you shouldn't. So we ended up kind of stopping, not doing it for a few months. And then when um, COVID hit, uh, Standard Reason said, hey, let's revisit this idea. And but let's try to like soften it a little bit. And so what people got with kind of the relaunch uh, over over a year ago was a kind of a softer red pen logic. I like it though, but it's not soft on truth, and that that's why no. we we really enjoy it. That's why I really love watching him. I'm always excited when I see it, a new one. I know the most recent one you did was covering a Joel Osteen tweet and so forth, and I know you've done just some some really great, just a good job, like you said. I, I you're using that red pen just as, and I think for everyone, at least if you've gone to the public school system or even you've gone to college or something you've had that red pen come out and you've seen, oh man, how did I miss that? You know, So it's good. It's really good because hopefully it brings you back to being corrected in a proper mm -hmm. way and understanding it's good to bring correction, right? 
Those yeah. who hate correction, the Bible says, are stupid. We don't want to be stupid, so we want, yeah. to have, we want to love correction, and we want to heed it. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show brought to you by Good Fight Ministries. If you're blessed by this show and would like to partner with us, please consider visiting our Patreon page at patreon.com slash goodfight. Or you can write to us at P.O. Box 2202, Simi Valley, California, 93062. Or call us toll-free at 1-866-JC-TRUTH. That's 1-866-528-7884. We hope you'll tune in next time on the Good Fight Radio Show.